0: Precious Redeemer
1: we thank you once again father we glorify your name indeed you are the counselor you are the redeemer you are the alpha and the omega father you are the prince of peace you are the son of god father you are the one who lives forever and forever lord we from eternity to eternity you have no beginning you have no end father lord jesus christ we want to say how much we love you how much we glorify your name lord How much we are so thankful even to have this time, Lord, to come gathering around the revealed word of the hour, Father. Lord, we have a place of refuge. We have a place where we can come. We have a place and a person to whom we can address our prayer, our praise, Father. Lord, we want to tell you, God, you are the almighty God. There is no other God greater than you. Father, we thank you for the light, the evening light in this age, Father. We thank you father to cross our path the father to put something in our heart that will respond to the word of god thank you father for the healing thank you for the touch thank you for the holy spirit lord we just want to surrender ourselves, lord this evening may you come and speak to our heart once again father just another step closer to you is our desire father you know the need that have been addressed father you are you are greater than those needs father Lord, we just want to praise you, to glorify you, to thank you, to worship you, Father. May you come among us as you've already been through the song service. May you remain with us for the remainder of the service, Father. May you put the man aside. May you speak to our heart for everything that we say and done, Father, Let it for your glory. Bless your people, Father, as we desire to have, Father, close walk with you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, John. Brother John, bless you. Thank you, Brother John for the special as well. Bless you. Amen. greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again and uh, to be gathered together. It's always a privilege to be in church and for those who are here and for those who are streaming. God bless you all. The problem. It's good to see you. The testimony, to keep uh, branding that God is the healer. Amen. Bless so like you, that I invite you to go to the Word of God in Deuteronomy 12. Greetings from Brother Zeke and Restore the Word Fellowship. So we're there on Sunday morning. And uh, just God bless you. and uh, believe that um, good service is also here. So uh, I don't know they had a chance to listen to it, but uh, it was a service that uh, is speaking to all of us. Amen. Amen. And, uh, just uh, heard uh, I was there in the evening. Thank God for that. God bless you, Pastor Ed, for the inspiration. Deuteronomy 12 3 to 11. And you shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. You shall not do so, you shall not do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall he seek, and thither thou shall come. And thither you shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and your heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the fertilings of your herds and of your flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto ye and your household, wherein the Lord your God has blessed thee. You shall not do after all the things that we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes, for you are not as yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. But when you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about, so that you dwell in safety, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Neither shall he bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and your heave offering of your hand and all your, cho- your choice voice, vows which you vow unto the Lord. May God bless his word and have a seat. i like to, my, 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 my voice is not still with me. So, just uh, bear with me as I'll be speaking this evening. I would like to speak a thought or share with you a thought, and then uh, for a few minutes, just a few minutes, and then you might have to listen to Brother Barnum for a portion. I would like to share with you on worship in complete relationship. The title, if you allow me to say that. So worship in complete relationship, it's a portion of a court, brother Branham. I would like to start, uh, as I was just uh, sharing, brother John, at some point. Like I would like just to look into the worship and the true worship, if the Lord permits. But as you are aware, that uh, studying about the worship is uh, everything is about worship. So you, so many angles you can go, different angles you can go, and you might never end. But I would like to talk just a little bit about uh, the relationship in worship. Jesus said to the woman, John 4 says, 21, 26, he said, Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You ye worship, ye, ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee. Um, he. Notice that it was not upon the revelation it was only upon the revelation of the true worship who after he has revealed to her where the true worship will be that her eyes finally got open to recognize that he was the Messiah in addition to the discernment of the thought he had to explain to her where the true worship and who the true worshipper will be. The true worshipper is the one who will be worshipping in the spirit and, and in truth. Amen. So there is importance in worship. worship is very important that 's why we are here to worship the Lord. Worship is, a part of, of, is is important. We have been created to worship God. We have been made to worship God. God put in the heart of every human being something to worship, a desire to worship, a thirst to worship there is, there is that place to worship it 's there whether you like it or not, you will be desiring, you will be thirsting to worship something. But Abraham says, He will go, He will go in the forest, He will go in the, in the, in the jungles, He will go in the, every place He could go, you will see human beings always worshipping something. And they will choose something on their own to worship, and they will try to find something because there is a desire. There is a soul in the heart of, a, there is a soul in a man, and that soul is hungering, is thirsting for, for something, searching for, for something to worship. But it was placed there to worship God. Nothing else but worship God. He's the one who deserves to be worshipped. He's the one who uh, deserved to be praised and adored. He's the one because he's the center of everything. And that's the one we desire to worship. Brother Malam says, it says in the uncertain sound, it says, God never made you just work and come home and love your children. That's all good enough. God made, you, God made you to work. God made you to come home, love your children, love your wife and the wife, to be loyal and love her husband. The children love their father and mother. That's all good. That's all good. I mean, don't, don't, don't say, do the opposite. If you do the opposite, there's something wrong with you. So you need to love them. But there is something where it's going. It says, but adjust the backgrounds for something that God made you to do. God made you to be a worshiper, a worshiper of him... You will worship something, regardless of what it is. You'll worship your wife. You'll worship your children. You'll worship anything. Your automobile. You'll worship your pleasure. You'll worship something because it's in mankind to worship. As realize, as he's putting those examples, thinking about it, I don't think that necessary. You will come and and bow down and start bowing down to your wife or to your husband or to your children. But even though you don't bow down, even though you don't raise your hand to them, even though you don't think there is something that is taking the place of God that is beyond what you can express with your body. So it means there is a, there is a, there is a part, there is a priority in your heart, there is a priority in your thing that you have to do that is taking over the priority of God. Then you start, you start taking the place that should be for God, you are putting your something else. I believe that I think it's the part that, that God wants, God wants that part more than anything else. It's that part that God desires in a man, that part that God wants to have the first place. It's the part of the love, is the part of the time, is the part of priority, is the part of where, where, where your affection is. It's, it's the part that God wants to have the first priority. That's the kind of worship God wants and desires. Amen? That's All the other one is comes to express what is inside, but you cannot express, if you express just what you express from the outside, without the part that God wants in inside, there is something missing. Amen? And that's the kernel of my thought this evening. So, now we want to know what we worship. It says, we want to know what we worship. Jesus told the woman at the well, said, You worship, you know not what we Jews we worship. We know what we worship. We know that we worship God, because salvation is of the Jews. like we read now. Then the woman began to explain to him how she once said in the mountain, once in Jerusalem. Woman begin to and then he said, The hour has come, and now is when the Father will seek worshippers. Who will worship him in spirit and truth, for God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen. The prophet even goes further saying that. The deception of the time, the deception of the age that we are living in is so great that people are even worshipping Satan without knowing it. They're ignorantly worshipping Satan without knowing it. I would say they don't necessarily have the intention, they don't necessarily have the intention to do so because there is a desire in a man to worship God, to worship God, but they've misplaced it. Once it's misplaced, it will be as good as worshipping Satan. It will be as bad, I would say, it's even as bad as worshipping Satan. And that we thank God that God is giving us warning. Even the kind of music you have to listen to, even the kind of attitude you have to be. We have to be careful that you might be worshipping Satan without knowing it. The Prophet says in Satan, Eden said, "The God of this world today, the worshipped person of this world today is Satan. The people are ignorant of worshiping Satan, but it's Satan impersonating himself as the church, see as, as the church. They are worship. they worship Satan, thinking that they are worshiping God through the church, but it's the way Satan has done it. It says, you say, but wait a minute, we preach the word. Look back here and at, at any text tonight. Satan was the one that we that it says, Satan was the one that preached the word to Eve first. God had said, see. It's that misconstruing that part of the scripture that applies to the day. It will let you know all Jesus did was perfectly well. He will let you know all that Moses did was perfectly well. But when you take the promise that, he, that they gave for this day, then that was applied to another age. That's just all he has to do to see is to get people to believe it that way. That's all. So it means if you don't take the word of the age, if you don't take the word of the time, if you don't take the promise of the time, and you apply it to another age, you are missing the object of the worship. You are missing the purpose of worship. You are missing the true worship in your age. You are missing the true worship in your age when you don't apply the word for your age. Because that's where the true worship has to be. The true worship has to be, amen. It says... He says, people ignorantly worshipping Satan, thinking that worshipping God as we are warned by prophecy in 2 Thessalonians. And I'm skipping some save, body to save time. He says, then people worshipping Satan in this day, thinking that they're worshipping God, but they're worshipping him through a creed, a man-made denominations, and creed that brought the people right down to the greatness, to the greatest deception that the world has ever known of. No matter how much the Word of God promised for this day is preached and vindicated, they still don't believe it. That's why it's important to listen to the Word of God. I mean, because Word of God removes the unbelief. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. It's a privilege and it's a blessing to be under the sound of the voice of God in this last age and listening to the voice of God. It's removing the unbelief, it's removing the deception of the enemy, and it's helping us to worship God. God had angels, but they could not worship Him as good as God wanted His own sons and daughters to be worshiping Him. Amen. Glory to God. The angels won't even understand the songs that, of redemption that we'll be singing because they don't know what the redemption is. <laughs> They've heard about it, either, but they have not experienced what redemption is. But the sons and daughters of God has experienced what redemption is. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Oh, praise be to God that He rescued me, He touched me, He changed my life. Oh, what a mighty God He is! He gave me deliverance, He healed me, He restored me. That's what the song of the believers will be. They will be singing a new song. We used to be slaves, but now we are not slaves anymore. Glory to God. He says, I lost the with that was, but no matter how, how much the word of God promised for these days, preached and vindicated, still they won't believe it. They won't believe it, then why? We wonder why. Why, does, why won't they believe when God said he will do a certain things and he does it and still they turn their back from it and turn away from it? Just as Eve knew that what God said, God will do. But she turned her back and needed to listen to what he had to say. Just remember, in other ages, it's always been the same thing. In every age, it's always been that Satan tries to pervert that word to them and making them see some other age. Yeah. Let I throw this itching a bit. Man is designed to worship God. That's what it was at the beginning. As Brother Adam says, in fellowship through the reconciliation of the blood. He says, I've ministered many even nations when people didn't have no which is right and left, but never seen a human being in my life, regardless of our back. How primitive he may be, but what he worships something, he will worship the sun, he will worship the wind, he will worship the stars, he will make an image of something because it's just in him, it's an instant to worship, have fellowship, that in our duties to take even the message of the living God, it's it's our duty to take even the message of the living God, and that duty has not diminished, it's still the same there, have the burden for missionary work, it must not diminish. He says, In the beginning when God made man in his own image, put him in the garden of Eden, he had a perfect fellowship. Amen. Skipping something here. What a perfect time, a complete fellowship. That's the way God intended it. But when man began to sin, he separated himself from his fellowship with his maker. Sin is what separates him. Is that, and as that are the truth which we believe it is, the Bible only speaks the truth, and if that's the truth, then if there is some preparation made for sin, then man through that preparation can come back in perfect fellowship and harmony with his Maker again. You believe that? That's right. You can only find a way we find that we find, we want to find the remedy. So in God's provided approach to divine fellowship, the prophet is saying, I'll try to put that together, he says, what we need today is a beating the gospel back in the church to strengthen the church up to put it off of the kings that in and come back under the fellowship of the blood again in this Shekinah glory in the Shekinah glory, into a Pentecostal experience like it had been, like it had back many, many years ago, like we used to have years ago, like we did in the days of John Wesley, way back in the days of Calvin, Knox, and way back all the way to Pentecost, what we need is a relationship again with God. Until men are willing to die out to themselves in the secret chamber with God, until new life is produced, until they become a new creature, let a man do that. So God is saying, we we need what we need is a relationship. Even being, I'm even before even you go to the worship, you need that relationship with God. It's important to have that relationship with God. To make the full value of the worship the worship to God. It's important to have that close relationship with God in order to have the full benefit of the worship of worshiping God. Amen. Amen. It says, let a man do that. If he's a, a little old coward, he will go out and win souls. Because why? He's become in divine relationship with God in the secret room to himself with him and God is anointed and God and God and his anointed and went in there with tears rolling over his cheeks and saying, God, give me the Holy Spirit. I don't care if it costs my wife, my children, my girlfriend, ever, whatever I have, I just feel me Lord till I can. It's important to have the Holy Ghost. The new birth is a must. And the new birth is available, amen. If you repent, if you believe the word of God, God will give you the Holy Ghost. He's more willing to give you the Holy Ghost than sometimes how we desire to have the Holy Ghost. He's more willing to give us and refill us more and more with himself than sometimes we are willing to receive it, amen. Maybe God is not just interested this is a little bit of a strong quote here, a strong statement. God is not just interested in worship. God is not just interested in worship. God is interested in relationship first. God's wants that relationship first. The Bible says in Philippians 2, 9, 11, says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee shall bow down. Where there is a believer and unbeliever, there will be a time where every knee shall bow down. But God wants the knees that will bow down and will have value with them is those who have been under a close relationship with him. The centurion, the Roman centurion, he had at some point testified that this is really the son of God. By that time when he testified it was too late for him because he was not in that relationship with God. We want to be in relationship with God. The bride is in relationship with God. That's why the prophet said, I don't call you church anymore. Church just worship. But I call you bride because I want you to come to a closer relationship with me. And I know that worship will come. Amen. The prophet, there's a way. The prophet says, in God's chosen place of worship, he says, He's a man. Ever come to God for divine healing, God accept him upon a certain base. The next man comes, is God got to accept him the same way. If he, Or he did wrong when he accepted the first man. God made the basis that he will meet a man on. He made the basis what he will do, how he will do it. and And that was through the sacrificial blood of the lamb in the garden of Eden. So if he accepted once, if he did once, that's what is going to be all the way. The prophet continues, says, God never... No time ever changed it. He decided how he will save man. We've tried today to educate man into it. We've tried to school them, tried to educate them, tried to denominate, tried to do all those other things, or kind of things, bring them to shake them and baptize them in every other way there is. Bring them in by letters, but still remains the same God meets a man under the shed blood of the Lamb. Blood was God's way in the beginning. Blood is God's way tonight. It's good to do pen, penance and, and, and all these things. I don't know if I say it properly, but you understand. But salvation only comes through blood. Blood is the only way that God chose to save man. He cannot change it. The worship also requires a place of worship. The Jews had a geographical place of worship. God told Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 2, he says, says, Take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. So he didn't ask him to go to a different place. He didn't ask him to do another place. He told him a specific place where he has to go in order to, in order to offer the sacrifice. You have to go on the mountain, the land on the mountain of Moriah. That's the place we have to go. That's the place I've chosen. God has a place of, of worship that he has chosen. If you go to a different place, your worship will not be accepted. After God spared Isaac, the Bible says in Genesis 22, 13, 14, it says, Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the, in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jarrah. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Or oh, Jehovah sees, Jehovah Jara, Jehovah sees. He didn't call the ram Jehovah Jarrah. he didn't call Isaac Jehovah Jara. he didn't call himself that way. He didn't even call God that way, but he called that place Jehovah Jara, Simplifying in type that there will be a place where there will be a sacrifice, and that place will be the real Jehovah Jarrah. About a thousand years after that, we know the story. King David bought the, thresh, the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite, and built an altar to the Lord that, uh, so that the plague may be held back from the people after he has sinned by numbering the people. In first chronicle 21 he went at the same place that the, the, the same place in the land of Moriah the same place where Abraham sacrificed that ram where Abraham brought Isaac in order to sacrifice him in that place he went there and bought that land the same land it was almost offered to him for free, but him being the son of the son of the seed of Abraham, he said, "I will not take it for free. I'm going to pay money for it because for the sacrifice for God and for the love for God, I'm going to do something. Sometimes to get the blessing, you need to make some sacrifices too. But sometimes it's important to come to church, the sacrifice. Amen. Now we have the technology; we can stream, but it's good to come to church. It's good to make a sacrifice." Then you will get the full blessings for those who can, Amen. Do you love the Lord this evening? I'm rushing because I want to put that portion. But so in Second Chronicles, Second First Chronicle twenty-one, and David said, "This is the house of the Lord God, and this is the altar of the burnt offering. It was the same place where he put the sacrifice." And then the anger of God, the plague may be held from the people. And then the angel was quiet and still. Then in 2 Chronicle 3, 1, Then Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem in Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared unto David his father in the place that David had prepared in the threshing floor of Oman the Jebusite. But Stephen says, God cannot dwell in the temple made for man because that temple was destroyed and it was rebuilt by Herod again and then it was destroyed by Titus God cannot dwell in a, in a house built by man because where is the place of God God shows himself a dwelling place where he can put his name and as a message believer we know that name or the place is in the is the Lord Jesus Christ that's where God put the place of worship and the prophet says in the God's chosen place of worship says, ever before he was ever born, his name was called Jesus. It was so important, it was given to his mother by the angel of Gabriel that his name would be called Jesus, the son of God. What he was, there we have it. This is alone, it is for him alone, God's chosen place of worship, God's place, chose God chose to meet man, was not in a church, not in a denomination. Not in a creed, but in Christ. That's the only place that God will meet a man and he can worship God. It is in Christ. That's the only place. No matter if you are Methodist, Baptist, Catholic, Protestant, whatever you might be, there is only one place that you can correctly worship God. It is in Christ. And sometimes we can put it only on the other side and the other denomination. I would say, even if you are in a message church, the only place you can really worship God, it is in Christ. Okay. It's not because you are in a message church, you say, my worship, my worship is perfect or accepted. No, you have to be in Christ. Yeah. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, that walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, You can go, that's the gospel. We can different upon creeds. We can different upon man-made theories. You can go to a Methodist church. You can, you can have to be a Methodist or Baptist or Baptist or Catholic or Catholic. But when you, once you are baptized into Christ, you become a member of his body. There is no difference. The middle walls of partitions are torn down, and you are free because you are in Christ Jesus. And you worship God in spirit and in truth when you are in Christ Jesus. He's looking for those who can worship Him in spirit and in truth. But who are those? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's God's plan for you to worship Him in Christ Jesus. No church denomination can claim this. No one can claim that. How dare you make such claims? Do you such a thing will be, to do such a thing will be an antichrist spirit by be taking away from Christ to take him from him. You cannot do that. Christ is the only place that God meets the worshippers. One place you will say, "Where could I bring you?" Could I bring you to Brother Montamirak? No, it is as worse as, as, as the others. Prephrasing means it's not a place, it's not a local place, it's not a something, it's not, it's not a location, it's not a ge- geographical location. It is in Christ. Yeah. Says, will you give the opportunity? Says, brothers and sisters, if you haven't repented yet, if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, would you make that start tonight? Would you give God the opportunity to welcome you into the place where you can worship him? Oh, wow. Remember, outside of there, there is no place that God promised to meet you and welcome your worship. You say, Brother Barnum, I worship just as sincere. So did Ken. He made every kind of offering that Abel did. But... It was the wrong offering. You might go to church you, and pay your tithes and do your duty as a Christian or two, just as since you as many a woman. I've stood here now for some 30 years, going to sit here and streaming the same message. I'm getting old. I can't be with you too much longer. But remember, in the day of judgment, my voice is recording And to speak out against you, there is only one place that God puts his name and that not in a church, but in Jesus Christ. Excuse me. Oh, Jeff, can you mute me? I just want to blow my nose here. So it's not in the church but Jesus Christ. There is only one place of worship. Only one place excuse me Excuse me, you have to bear with me, I'll be just blowing my nose sometimes, I bleed from my nose and uh, just disturbing me now. Disturb you? I'm okay. (laughs) I'm okay. So, um, that's supposed to be the message of the hour. Father, can you just put the tape then? You know, can have some time? As, um, as my nose is going to dry up a little bit. <laughs>
2: that's the minute. Let's examine it by the word. Say I wouldn't worship an idol. That doesn't altogether mean you worship an idol. You just have to be idle, doing nothing. Go to church. Yeah, that's all right. Go back home do nothing about it brother a real born again man or woman can't stand still there's something in them they got to testify they got to do something they're bound to do something they can't hold their peace listen neither be idolaters as they were some of them as it is written the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play What's Paul talking about? Examples. They were baptized into the church. They absolutely had a correct baptism. Was three times forward, backward in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Jesus only, whatever it was, they had a correct baptism. Amen. They were baptized right. We fuss and stew and argue about little things like that. What good does it do? You're leaving off the main principle. Uh-huh. Our churches are separate over baptism. Yeah. Service. Then you say, oh hallelujah, they haven't got the spiritual blessing we have, there's this old cold farm of glory to God, I eat the real man of God, I know his truth, that's the, exactly the truth, but what difference does that make? Right. You say, brother, uh, the, the Holy Ghost really falls in our church, that's good, but what difference does it make to you if you're not the right kind of a vessel it's fallen in? Right. Remember. Oh, you say, I'm sincere. So were they. They left their homes and went out, even put their neck out for death. But follow. They did a lot more than what we have to do. They didn't have one thing. They were just think: the Bible said, in vain do they worship me. In vain do they worship me. Absolutely true worship in vain. Where did it begin at? Come from the Garden of Eden, Cain. He worshiped God just the same as Abel did, but in vain he worshiped Him. Yes, sir. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man. You say, well, why is it? I've repented. Why is it I'm not all right? I've repented. I think I'm just as good as anybody else. I go to church. I've been baptized. I get the blessings of God. I love a good sermon. I love the Word of God. I like to read it. And I get spiritual blessings, too. And hallelujah, I can prophesy. I can speak with tongues. I've done all these things. And you mean to say it's in vain? I'm not saying it's in vain. But it's possible that it could be in vain right it depends on what you are in there that's right it's what you are that's receiving this if you're not born again if there's not actually something in you then it's in vain all the blessings i have nothing to do now just one more neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand commit fornications, that's spiritual fornication. We had time, the Sunday school was over. Spiritual fornication. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Murmuring, lusting, Mixing the world with your religion, going out, God loves purity, real pure. This morning I was talking, I thought, what not closing, I thought this, what is any sweeter in a man's life? What is any sweeter than to come home when he's tired and weary with his little bucket in his hand from working all day or plowing or whatever he might be? To walk in and have a lovely wife to meet him at the door. Sit down on his lap a minute and brush his brow a little and kiss him on the cheek and put her arms around him and say, Dear, I, I know you're tired. You've worked so hard. Give him consolation. How that he knows that that arm is around him is absolutely his. It's his. Never is it around any other man or any other desire. The kiss that's on his cheek is from real, pure, holy heart that just loves Him and Him alone. Yeah. How it makes you, I know, makes you stick your chest out and say, Well, I'm not so tired after all. See, that's it. It does something to you. I want to tell you something. But what if that kiss is placed on his cheek and he hasn't confidence? It might have been on some other man's cheek. What of them arms around him has embraced everybody still desiring to do the same it won't mean very much there's not much help there why now in the beginning they were one god when he made man he made him a dual person both male and female he separated him in flesh and put him here on earth in flesh and the female part was still in spirit look friend god was so careful oh how this burn. don't let it leave you God never got a handful of dust and made of Eve. She'd been a different creation. And she's not a creation. She's a byproduct. And God goes over in the heart of Adam, this rib right out from under his heart, and takes the rib and makes a wife. And the very part of Adam's spirit was in the woman. And they too are one. Soul, body, spirit. They are one. They are perfect oneness, a real woman and a real husband and a real wife. They are one together. What is the type of Christ from out of his bosom? Not a byproduct, not a Methodist or a Baptist or a Pentecostal hatch-up? No, sir. But out of his own heart, he took a sweetheart that's as pure and loyal as she can be. She's as loyal as a lily. Look at look that psalm Solomon speaking, Come, my love, let us walk in the telegram. Let us take our fill of love. And when the real believer opens his arms with the pure heart and holds up to Christ, that affection of that lover of Christ goes into his bosom. as his wife just like the husband does to a real wife. What type of person should we be? Are we playing the harlot with Christ? Are we depending on some little something and running half the world and the things of the world and worldly minded and not that real love and devotion that we should have? Could you imagine my, could you imagine your wife, brother, coming and sitting on your lap with her little prickly frills and her little underskirts and things of lace and her little hair all done up and prickled up and everything like that. Put her on and I say, oh John, I just love you. I love you. And you know right then that there's something wrong. you have having the confidence in her. No matter how pretty she looks and how well she's fixed, you, if you don't have that perfect confidence in her, there's something wrong. It It doesn't satisfy that longing that a man would have for his wife. And now just think of yourself fooling with the world and tangling with the world and you get down there and you say oh Lord Jesus I love you. It's a burning Judas hypocrite kiss. That's right. Think of these things. as a revival coming up now. Okay. Oh you might have the wedding ring on. That's right. But you're not a wife. Oh you might be a woman. You might be the lady of the house. But you're not a wife if you act like that. And you're not a real Christian. You're not a real genuine product for Christ if you don't love Him and everything that you've got within you. I don't care where you look pretty, where you don't. You love Him and you express yourself. That's when you two become one. That's when Christ and His church, not by denomination, not by baptism, not by sensations, not by nothing, but by real love you were bought from the bosom of God when he was wounded there and he bought you and your love and your trueness and your loyalty proves what you are see what i mean whether you all frickled up or whether you i don't care if my wife wouldn't never comb her hair if she didn't wear a pretty dress or never they should be my sweetheart i admire her because her loyalty her virtue what she is that's what she is And by Christian men and women, that's what we are in the sight of God. It's not because we can go to the best church or we can dress best or we can get in this neighborhood or we can do this or we can ride in this or we can do this. That, That doesn't have one thing to do with it. It's the virtue of our loyalty and our love to Christ. And that's the birth. That's the thing that comes, and though I speak with tongue of men and angels, I am nothing, though I feed the poor, though I give my goods, though I do this and do that and do that, I am nothing. What does Christ care about? What all you can do and what all you can do like that if that real genuine love and loyalty isn't there? Think of it, won't you? This is Sunday school, and remember that's a lesson to you. Be in your heart. Let Christ have first place like the real woman would to her husband. No other arms can touch her nowhere. No other kiss, no matter how charming it looks, she should turn her head. She's got one set love and that's for her husband. That's right. No matter how handsome the man might be and how polished and slick his hair might look and how he might hold himself correct, no sir, not one thing. She loves that husband and that's him alone does she love. She forfeits all of her virtues and all of her kisses all of her lovings and everything is to her husband and him alone. See what I mean? And you from everything of the world, no matter how good it looks, how pretty it looks, and how fascinating it looks. Your virtue is what you're counted by. And you say, oh hallelujah, I, I know I got it because I did this, hallelujah, enough tipper to fight a buzz off. Let me tell you, brother, it takes virtue that Christ respects me. <laughs> Though I speak with tongues as men and angels, Though I pour forth blood out of both hands, though I shout and dance in the spirit, though I eat the word of God and love it, though I drink from the same spiritual rock that the rest of them does, though I clap my hands just as loud as the rest, though I can cry crocodile tears, though I can do all this, but if that real genuine, real Christian virtue isn't there to Christ, you become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Paul was warning his church of this, the Corinthian church, which was all mixed up in all kinds of fantastic. I'm warning you, friends. Remember, I'll have to answer for you there at the Day of Judgment. And your blood won't be upon me. No matter how loyal you are to anything else, be loyal to Christ. Remember that as we pray. Blessed Heavenly Father, in this present state we come. Now I am confessing all of our wrongs. Oh, be thou merciful, merciful God. And we pray that you'll look down into our hearts and in this hour while we're waiting with our heads bowed to the dust. Look into the heart of the old man, into the heart of the elderly women, into the heart of the middle age and the young, even the little children. And may we examine ourselves. We are coming into that holy week that we celebrate as Good Friday and Easter, the resurrection. Though this year we might have been loyal to church, though we might have taken the communion, though we might have shouted, we might have done many things, but oh God, look down into my heart. I talk by myself. Look into my heart into the heart of this people here this morning and examine us, Lord. If there be something that takes the place of Christ, oh, God, take it away. If it's laziness, it's insufficiency. If it's whatever it might be, I don't know, but God, take it from us. Oh, we don't want to be overthrown right here at the time of the battle, overthrown by God and be an enemy to Him. Oh, God, look into our hearts. Examine us by thy Holy Spirit and let us see this morning if there's any evil thing in us. If there is, take it away, Father. We now lay it on the altar to walk away and leave it there. If it's idleness, if it's temper, if it's indifference, if it's neglecting, if it's whatever it may be, if it's hatred, if it's malice, if it's strife, if it's whatever it may be, oh, God, take it from us today. And at this coming revival, may we be just so full of your charm, Lord, until many will come in and be saved. The little community here where we've tried so hard, the first revival, now I'm ten years out of hell. Now I pray that you'll give us that real, real spirit in our hearts and may it anchor there for eternity. granted, Lord. Make us to examine ourselves. We married people. By the way we treat our wives. How true we are. Or how true our wives is to us. And may we just get in our hearts this morning. How we'd think of something like that happened in our home. And then may we turn our affections towards you. And say, oh God be merciful to me. Oh, if, if the wife would just about every once a month just come by and put her hand on yours and say dear i love you and walk on oh how it would seem she was neglecting me how it would seem that something was wrong and god when maybe once a month or once when we go to church we offer a little prayer oh you are our love our 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 communion all the time that our thoughts and our intents of our heart will be stayed on thee Grant it, Lord. Oh, keep our hearts so set on thee that the things of the world will become blind and so indifferent. Grant it, Lord. Hear us now and bless us in the further part of these services. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Now the Lord bless you real good. And i sorry I've taken up a few extra minutes there if the Sunday school was dismissed. And I pray that God will bless you I didn't say these things. This is out of God's Word. They were examples to us. They're examples. And now look, friend, how would you feel if you know the wife that was kissing you was a betrayer? Think of it. Study it for a while. What would you think? now when you come to God in a betrayer. Don't do that. Let's be real. You don't have to take a sensation. You don't have to take something different when the whole skies are full of the real, genuine love of God. Amen. Why take a substitute when we can get the real? Amen. It's far yet. I may the Lord bless you as a turn of service to our pastor.
1: Amen. Do you love that? Amen. The Prophet says in God's provided approach to divine fellowship, says, What we need today, brother, is a worship under the blood, a worship in complete relationship to die out. Amen. That's what we desire. God, they just want to have a close relationship with you individually. Amen. Don't just make the church the only place where you have to worship God. Worship is more than a song. It's more than a song service. It's more than preaching. More than worship is a life. It's a life with Him. That's what real worship is. Amen. Let's go. I invite the musicians to come. Close on that. me for the episode here, yeah, keep praying for me, I'm also fighting a demon uh, trying to disturb me from time to time, it's just my nose bleaks uncontrollably sometimes and uh, check on that but I don't know what, what's going on but just believe God is the healer, amen? Yes. amen. The reason I leave is to worship you.
0: to i
1: All my all. It's one of the verse. All I want to give is my all. That's one. The power of your love. Let's sing the power of your love. Lord, I come
0: to you. Let my heart be changed. Renew. In you Lord, I've come to see oh, Lord, I come to see all the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away, will be stripped away by the power.
1: be surrounded by his love. Amen. Let's sing another one. Lord, I want to know you more. I surrender. I want to know you more.